What team will bandwagon Brad pick this week? The nation's top bandwagon fans will be making their decision on what team to follow. What team will John scoff at? Did you just say scoff? Yes, I was scoffing. That's how you scoff. No, it's not. Tune in each weekday morning from 9 till noon on the Press Box, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the roar of the press box with Brad and John. You know we're just just shaking our head at some of the things going on in this sport of college football and the the bulldozing, steamrolling fact that you know the only thing we get out of some conferences are statements released from an office somewhere while they're making two point four million dollars a year and nothing. I mean I, I don't. There's only so much you can do. I know you're you're not gonna be able to fight. The strongest, the biggest, and the baddest. But just sitting there and seemingly taking it is hard for me to wrap my mind around. Not doing anything about it, at least not publicly. I don't know what's going on in these meetings, but publicly I feel like nothing's coming out of some of these conferences that are just getting getting shut down, you know, in the in the in the power department. Six five four roars go to Tar Hill Chad. He is up next. Hey Tar Hill Chad. Um you know, if if they do pull these schools, which they will pull away from the NCAA, to me, it just that's when it goes full blown pro. There's no yes. academics. There's none now. Yes. That that's part of that move is the academic side. They can just turn it into full deal. And if, as fans, if that's what you want, and you want to pay, you know, pay the players because you're going to be paying for it. You're going to be the whole deal. Then it'll be interesting to see what the fans actually do because i i get the sense they just can't get away from it and 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 they just will do it and they'll be hypocritical because i've heard on this radio station the last three four years i'm out and this that and the other and apparently it's more popular than ever on the basketball side it's clear what's happening there they want to take over the tournament and renegotiate a massive contract and only have the power i don't know top 60 schools whatever they play in the tournament year over year and everybody else left out. And that's coming. Um, UNC talking about building a new arena or at least redoing the Smith Center. There was a little tidbit that was put out last week just to get lower-level tickets, 500 Gs for lower-level tickets, a new basketball arena. Whoa. 500. And apparently that would be uh, – I guess, you know, they know the market. There'll be enough people, corporate people, whatever. I just, to me, we just, you know, today's, you can't keep calling in here talking about recruits and about, you know, being, you know, uh, faithful and just love the university. It's all, it's all hypocritical. If you sit here and talk about it, it, it has nothing to do with that. And the people that are running the colleges are just being greedy and, and money hungry. And today, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but eventually uh, it it will. It's it's got to stagnate unless people just turn a blind eye, and that's what they all they cares about is the sport. But I, I think there's enough people that are do not want to go along full along with this because this is not. If you think about this, what was it two years ago? The NIL thing essentially was passed or started. 
look how fast track we are. I said right here on this show that we will be in contracts. I said by the end of 2025, I think it's coming before that. I think it's coming in basketball and football. Don't you? I don't see why. Think about how it changes from week to week. I just don't see. I, I just. I think we are just all. Uh, man, it just. We there's a bunch of hypocritical people running around and making some very poor decisions, man. Now we've got um, you know a half dozen or so. I read in the Forbes magazine a half dozen so folks, including Jackson Dart, that have their own jet. Think about where we are just five years ago. You couldn't even buy someone a pair of shoes. Now they can fly around in their own jet. Think about that. That tells you what what's happened. I just, man, I, it's, you know, I used to go to a lot of games. Don't go anymore. But when you're start talking about I've got to pay collective, pay this, I've got to buy the tickets. I've also, yeah, by the way, I've got to fund this. I've got to pay half a million to get season tickets for two tickets, by the way, not even four. <laughs> I mean, who's doing that? Is it you, Brad? No. John? I mean, not a chance. No, they're. Just they, think about how insane they, it is. They're you, pricing people, they're pricing the masses out. It's still to be such a small group of people that can afford any of this stuff you're talking about. And I, you know, I love, uh, I love the fact that Dabo's kind of fighting this. I get it and I appreciate it, but I'm with you. The education stuff is gone, it's irrelevant to the people making decisions. Yep. And that's what, you know, I showed someone last night talking about, you know, we're talking about college basketball and college players. I said, then this has already been talked on this station about players playing 8, 10, 12 years. That's coming soon. The four-year stuff is going to be gone. You're going, and I, I, didn't, I thought that was crazy six months ago. But now, to me, you can, you can honestly see it where the players, there's, and there will be free movement in the contract. And the fans, do, is that really what you want? And if it's not what you want, what are, what are you going to do about it? Mm. And I, I just get the sense that people are just going to say, oh, well, this is the way it is. And maybe that's – you will too because you have to. It's your your job and everything, but it's not what you covered the last 15 years. Right. It's not even remotely close. And to keep acting like it is and, you know, talking about recruits and this, that, and the other, all that stuff means nothing anymore. Zilch. It's about the players and their welfare, and it means nothing about the university fans or coaches, for that matter. Uh, Off of my rant. Y'all have a great day. <laughs> you too, Dario Chad. See, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of acting like it's something it's not. I'm tired of the nostalgia of 15 years ago because it's it's completely changed. It's, I mean, it's, John, it's changed on it's turned on its head in the last three years much less in the last 30. But what I'm curious about, something that Tar Heel Chad said, is the the potential breakaway, I think, is greatly linked to the idea of professionalization and paying the players and having a salary and a you know payroll and all that kind of stuff. I, I think they're in no doubt in my mind they're linked. What I don't know, and maybe it doesn't matter in the long run, and it, it doesn't, but what I'm curious about is do they want to do the breakaway to start that process or is that process of professionalization just part of the breakaway? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, is it, is it the reason and the cause they're just not telling us that or is it just the inevitable, you know, aftershock? Oh, I think it's the latter, but 
when you say the line that they're just not telling us, then I'm buying it. Because I, I believe that with all this reporting that's out there, there's still way more going on behind the scenes that they're not telling Heather Denich. And oh, that she's sure. not putting into this article. That they're still trying to get an extra little bit more for themselves. This is just what they want us to know. You know? This is not what's all going on. There's such a massive difference there. Yeah, you notice how they say in these articles, and other options are being discussed, but we have no details on any of the other options? Right. They, this is all crowdsourcing. Let's put this out there and see what the response is, and then we'll, we'll come back to the table and, and discuss it. Uh, there may be some much more viable options or much more sinister options, depending on your <laughs> where you stand in all this, but the professionalization is happening. It's, it's, it's almost a requirement now, folks. I hate to say it like that, but the direction we are in, once we let NIL collectives involved in this whole scenario like we 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 ruined it we ruined it there's no way to fix what goes on with these collectives who are not under the thumb of the ncaa they're not regulated they're not run by they're run and regulated by state laws which are completely out of the ncaa's governance and are different state to state and are different state to state that's why the ncaa can't do anything once we allow the collective thing to become a thing we, we signed, sold, and delivered the future of professionalization because there's no way to put that back into a box. There's no way to regulate it. The NCAA is not even equipped. They don't even want to do anything with it. They've said that many, many times. So the only thing you can do now is to go full professionalization, and then you don't need them. The collective's purpose is gone, and everything's under a structure and an umbrella that's on a, on a much more clear, fair playing field. But you can't do the fair play field with 134 teams. So that's why it goes back to what I was just saying. Are we going to professionalization because of the breakaway? Is it to get there, or is it just an effect of the cause? I think, of it's, an, I think it's an effect of the cause. I think it's a lot easier to set up a system of, of professionalization when you've narrowed it down to 40 teams or whatever the number ends up being is irrelevant, and it won't be 134. So whatever you figure out it's going to be, then you're able to pull that off. I don't think the number will be dictated until we see who bends an ear or who puts up a fight. Professionalization of collegiate athletics does not just mean paying players. It means you're charging what you would charge professional franchise stuff for. Tickets, merchandise. You know, the stuff that Chad was talking about where you're talking about just the corporate feel? Yeah. Gosh, how awful is that going to be? And, and all these stadiums and arenas that are going to be 70% full because all these big corporate areas and all this, see, it never, it never gets full. It never gets filled. I mean, you go watch the national championship in football and there's what, like 3,000 students that are at the game? Yes. I just The pageantry, the, the, the environments are going to be so hurt by this. There it is. It is. Just trying to. Paint. I mean, do you want to go to Death Valley with your eighty-five thousand closest friends or with your eighty-five thousand closest corporate sponsors? Well, that's where it's headed because that's only people can afford this stuff. And then we're. I mean, we're. Huh. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go down the collective road too much because I don't want to. Don't want to offend people <laughs> to a certain degree. But I just can't wrap my mind around it. Like I. I. 
know someone who I'm not friends with Ohio State people. Let me be clear about that. I don't associate with them. But I know people who do. And I, I've been told that they know someone who just gives, you know, X amount of money every single month. And they're like, I would I would rather do that than nothing at all. You know, that that's that's the appeal. I'm just giving some I mean, I'm I'm getting zero in return. There's no it's no it's not an investment in any way whatsoever. You're just donating money so that a guy can fly around the country in his private jet. Hotty toddy. But yet <laughs> but you would rather do that than nothing. Figure that out. Make that make that make sense to me. I I guess I'm just played a I, I play a different ballpark than some people do. We play in a different ballpark <laughs> than some people do. Justin and Seneca's up next. Hey Justin, how are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I'm I'm hearing you guys talk about this and just kind of thinking. And y'all may not have an answer to this, but. If college sports do break away from the NCAA, um, are they still affiliated with their school in the same way? Or would it become really just minor league? I mean, would you have the Athens Bulldogs and the Tuscaloosa Tide? You know, I mean, if that's the case, how long can players play? If they don't make it in the NFL, do we have lifelong athletes at these places? And our fan base is going to stay loyal to their – what used to be their college's team? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question, Justin. And to Tar Heel Chad's point, once you remove the education part from it, then what is considered eligibility? How many years? You know, why, you only have to work toward a degree, right? You just have to maybe just be enrolled at that school. I I think the idea and the concept will be to keep those schools' names and and logos up because of the branding, because of the wrecking you know, recognition of that, like knowing that that is Alabama Crimson Tide, knowing that that is Georgia Bulldogs, whether or not, you know, it's just a facade to keep up, but still the the, the marketing matters so much in this. I, I would think they would do everything they can to try to keep that collegiate licensing feel to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know anybody that's excited about the future of it. It looks pretty, pretty grim. I disagree. <laughs> I wish it would – Go back to the way it was, but um, I agree with y'all. I don't see any way that's possible. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Justin. I, I appreciate you getting in. It, it's an interesting thought. You know, do we do we just turn into a minor league team? Well, I mean, you know, we joked about it, but there's a tight end at Miami who's going to play his ninth season this year. Dylan Gabriel. I mean, Brad, Dylan, I, I think you'd agree with me with this. I don't believe Dylan Gabriel is an NFL quarterback. I don't believe DJ Uyungle is an NFL quarterback, but they're very good college quarterbacks. Who's to say they can't just keep making a million dollars a year well until their mid-30s, till the you know the body would fall apart if he kept playing football that long? It's just like Who's in minor s- league baseball, John. My, my cousin played minor league ball. He's drafted by the Atlanta Braves. He never got a call up to the majors. He played for like seven years. Played a, I mean, he played a long time. It was like six. It was something like that. But he, he played a long time. It like a two- or three-year trial, and it didn't work, and he just went home. He spent years playing minor league ball. Like He was well into his 20s <laughs> by the time he, he hung it up. So you get – that's that's what – that's kind of what we're talking about here. 654-ROAR. Let me pose you this question before we go to break. For a lot of you out there who are who are more inclined to be diehard – 
college fans. Would you turn to the NFL? Would you turn to the NBA? Would you turn to more professional sports if you aren't already heavily invested in those? Would you turn more toward those? Because I feel like you're going to do something with your time that's sports-related. We all carve out certain portions of our life and dedicate to certain things. Would you want to fill the void if you were to go away from college sports, if it's something in the landscape you don't recognize and be a part of? Would you want to just like completely just add something new into your life that isn't sports, or would you fill that gap with, for instance, the NFL? I'm just curious. 654-ROAR, back after this. Hi, everybody. I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans, are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve, along with great rates, loans, for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations, or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax, go Tigers! Federally insured by NCUA, membership qualification required, terms and conditions apply. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Clemson football held its first spring practice yesterday on the Clemson campus as Dabo Sweeney got his team back on the field. Of course, last year they finished at 9-4, won the Gator Bowl in a thrilling win over Kentucky. But spring practice, a couple of things that you can look for that we learned from Coach yesterday. One, Peter Woods will be lined up at some defensive end throughout the spring and then probably also into the season. Obviously, you'll have T.J. Parker at one end position on the defensive line. But look for Peter Woods to be over on the other side. The battle at center position on the offensive line will be one interesting to watch throughout the spring. Ryan Lithicum, Harris Sewell, and Trent Howard, the three names that are mentioned there, to try to fight it out, to try to find a starting center for Clemson football. And then also Robert Gunn, the field goal kicker. He and Nolan Hauser, the young freshman, that should be quite a battle to watch throughout the spring as well. Got to be able to put points on the board through the kicking game to be successful here in 2024, and that's certainly what Clemson will be looking for. Spring game, of course, will be coming up on April the 6th, and we got a lot of spring ball to get through. As always, go Tigers! No one wants it to happen to them, but unfortunately, chances are good that at some point it'll happen to you. Roof troubles. It's one of the most important parts of your biggest investment. So when you need repairs or a new installation, you need someone who you can trust to get the job done right. You need Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. As a family-owned and operated roofing company for nearly six decades, Joe Robertson and Son have built a reputation for quality craftsmanship. It's why thousands of upstate home and business owners have chosen them for their roofing needs. Beyond providing quality work they're proud to stand by, Joe Robertson and Son Roofing also takes a client first approach to their job. That means quality roofing, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. Put it all together and it's easy to see why they're the Upstate's premier roofing provider. You can't cut corners when it comes to roof repairs and installations, so go with the trusted name in the Upstate. Go with Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. Get started today by visiting them online at robertsonroofing.net. Yeah, so what inspires me to be involved with the Dream Center really is that it's a hand up rather than a hand out. You're very tangibly connected to these people's lives and they're just not take the money and run. It's not hit and run help. It's real relationship and nobody changes without 
a tangible, meaningful relationship reason to change. And that's incredible to me. Learn more about how you can volunteer at dreamcenterpc.org today. Shop where the pros shop. Landscaper Supply. Offering hardscapes to landscaping. Power equipment to hardware. Landscaper Supply wants you to have free gas for an entire year. Purchase the gas grill from any Landscaper Supply location and they'll keep your propane tank filled for the entire year. That's a great deal for all you backyard chefs. And while you're at it, scoop there it is with their mulch made easy delivered right to your home. Seven upstate locations, a better experience for homeowners and pros alike. Landscaper Supply. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Tuning in from the car? Stay connected to The Roar after you run your errands using our app or website. Download The Roar app on your phone by searching WCCPFM The Roar in the App Store. Or tune in on our website, theroarfm.com slash listen. We're back here live on The Roar with Press Box of Brad and John. Real quick note here, scheduling change. With inclement weather coming in to the upstate tomorrow, the Clemson softball team has uh, changed some times around for their series. They're going to play a doubleheader on Saturday against NC State over McWhorter. Uh, it's going to be 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. So no game, no softball game tomorrow on campus. That has been moved. It was a 3 p.m. Friday game. Uh, it's now been moved to Saturday. So both games on Saturday um, be the only time. And then they'll, they'll, they'll finish the uh, series up on Sunday. So instead of stretching it out across three days, it'll just now be two for the softball team. I'll say this, going back to the question we had earlier about I guess maybe these things turn into like minor league type teams. Texter said this I don't watch the D-League. I don't watch minor league baseball on TV. That's true. That's something you go to. You know, nobody's going to really watch that every every day. I don't watch the XFL or NFL Europe. So no, I would not watch Clemson semi-pro teams that are not directly associated with the university. And I 100% get that. You know, because if you don't have the, you know, part of the reason you still have that attachment is because, just for example, like, I, I'm an alum of Clemson University. Kate Klubnick walked the same halls currently that I walked. You know, th- those players went to the same class buildings, the same stuff that I went through as a student, right? And so that's what keeps your attachment. But I want to give you a real-life example of how you can lose that. But I've talked about it on the show. I went to a military school in high school. And in the early 2000s, when I went there, it was a very strict, disciplinary military school. Right. We had very old, fairly run down, not good uh, dorm slash barracks we lived in that were built in the early 1900s. Shortly after I graduated, they used to be, I think it was like, if you had 100 demerits on the year, you were kicked out of school. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. They started caring so much about making sure that they collected all the tuition checks that they never became, they removed the demerit limit for expulsion. They removed so much of the discipline to they, where guys could do whatever they wanted and they weren't being held accountable the same way that we were. They sort of took away the, the soul of, of, of what, what you did. Of yeah. what made it what it was. Yeah. 
They bulldozed all the old buildings to build this new, beautiful, you know, glamorous structure. But to the point now where I'm, I'm approaching 20 years since, or, you know, 20 years since I graduated, I don't recognize the place anymore. The guys that I played football with, we don't recognize it anymore. So when they come to us for donations, just like a university is going to do to their alums, most of the guys that I went through that experience with, we're not giving. We're not helping. We're not giving back because we don't recognize what it has become. Yeah. The emotional attachment has ceased. It's been yes. severed. That's what's going to happen to a lot of people. That, that's why I don't think they just completely stray away from the, you know, the, the marketing and the branding and the affiliation and everything. But how do you tie an education to that? Because I just don't think, I think they already destroyed education in the, in the at, concept at this, of this. At this level, I still think it will exist at the what is now the FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three. If you if you love college athletics for what they are and you don't recognize what your favorite ACC or SEC team is doing now, yeah, go to Furman. Right? You and I live in Anderson. AU starting a football team. Yep. Go support, go support the mess out of Bobby Lamb and his program. Yeah. Which I, I plan on doing. So do I. But I mean, to the point, like you can, you can go and there, there's still avenues. You may have to change it. It may not be the halls you walk, but it's something you can recognize. The nostalgic feel. Yeah. The normalcy feel. Maybe so. Maybe so. And if and if you, <laughs> you you the thing about that too is you control more of the investment, right? And you're, they, you're paying may- for the tickets, you're paying for the concessions, the parking. You're not paying for all of that. Oh, and uh, this, 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 this. Like they're they're not pricing currently right now the way things are standing without the courts. Like you're not being priced out of Wofford football right now. You can still go take your family on a Saturday afternoon and go watch the Terriers. Yeah, it's true. And and I'm you know as a as a parent of two, I'm trying to find the most economical entertainment I can for for my kids. You know that's right now that's Clemson baseball. You know, very economical, a fun day, a full day. You love it. They they have a great time. That's kind of what we're saying here, and I think I think a lot of people will start to. At least in this area of the country, it'll be vastly different depending on where you live. But I think a lot of people in this area will start to flock to what you're talking about. I could absolutely see that being the case. And yeah, I, to, I, to like the text you brought up, who is just not going to get into the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's fine. You know, go go pour your if you if this is what you want to do, you can pour your investment into high school athletics. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. Um, there's still going to be things you can do in that, but it just may not be. You may not feel as connected to it. Let's go to Jonathan in Greenville. He's up next. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Hey, guys, doing well. To answer the question, you went before break. No, I, I would not find myself uh, supporting a semi-pro uh, Clemson. But, but to that point, you know, the N- NIL that should fall under the NCAA, but it doesn't. Um, you know, it, it's amazing that it doesn't. But because uh, players should be getting their own deals directly, but a thought, you know, let's say that there is a breakaway. Isn't this a chance to reset through club sports? Because now you can take the club sports kids that are going to the school because they want to go to the school. You can start streaming those athletics. I mean, we use Game Changer and Little Leagues and Travel Ball. There's all kinds of ways for you to watch um, 
you know, little league or even eight and nine year old kids play baseball, why couldn't we do that through a club sport? And then you can work on the corrections that needed to be made to the NCAA uh, through club sports if, if they were to go that route. Yeah, it's, it's I something think, I didn't hear you guys talk about. No, it's a, it's an interesting thought, and I haven't really thought about it. I, my my, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem with that, but I guess my only pushback is. Is the product, is the entertainment value going to be high enough for people to want to continue to be. support it? I, oh, I, I, I agree it could be. I think that's how some people would look at it, though. That's not how I would necessarily look at it. But Yeah, and then one more thing is who, I mean, doesn't the state own all of the assets for Clemson Sports? And, and then if they were to go semi-pro, I guess Clemson would just, you know, lease them or give them uh, licensing rights on, you know, the weight room, the, the football field, the baseball field. That that seems like a mess. It does seem like a mess. That, that's a good point. Uh, All right, I'll take it off the air. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. To his point, John, isn't it kind of – isn't that how it kind of is? Like the – because you're a state-supported institution, you sort of bypass a lot of the financial and legal obligations if you were a business. You're not paying taxes like you would. That's the thing. Would you have to start paying like a tax? Would states pass that? You know, like that sports team's bringing in that amount of money. You got to pay the state. This is making my head. We hurt. regulate everything else in this world. This is oh, except but, nil. We don't regulate that. <laughs> we don't care. We just don't care enough. Apparently, we don't care. We don't care. NIL is just I, – I don't know why – NIL has put me in a blender lately. I'm just – Well, it's it's put me in a blender too because every time, like, you go – you hear a new court ruling, it's like, well, okay, well, they pass, well, why can't you argue that? Why can't we argue this? Might as well, yeah. Yeah, why, we might as well up. do this might too because well. we can't do that. Throw it out there. It's the change fatigue. It's the we're the constant reshuffling of everything to make sure we can get every dollar possible. It's It's, it's – Pulling for, as you said, pulling for balance sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of teams and people. It's pulling for dollars. Now, you know, and, and it's not even my conference is better than your conference or my team is better than your team. On the field, it's my team gets more money in revenue than yours. My league gets more money in revenue than yours. It's How just... much are South Carolina fans going to throw that in Clemson fans' faces? How much is our Gator fans throwing that in Seminoles' faces? Yep. That... It's who cares? I don't care if you went to a bowl last year. I don't care if you if you won five more games than we did. We made forty million dollars more than you. SEC, SEC. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they, we're we're moving the goalposts out of the argument. I make our my programs make more money than your programs. My do. dad makes more money than your dad. We have now created a landscape to where Texas and Texas A and M finally have something to brag about. Yeah. We make more money than all of you, and we—we, I, I just—I don't care who makes more money. Well, that's why we play the games and settle on the field. Before we go to the phone lines, Texture gets in an exclamation points. Other Clemson sports: tennis, volleyball, women's basketball, gymnastics, soccer, lacrosse, all either free or cheap, and you get the great same great college feel and very high quality athletics. Will you continue to get that in the new system we're discussing? Will they be funded? Will they exist? I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I hate to tell you, I, I just don't know. You're talking about the FCS and all that stuff. We don't know how they're how they can function and how they can you know operate. What revenue are they getting to fund all this? That's my point. I, I'm not saying we can't figure out a way to make it happen. I'm just saying I, I can't promise you it's going to happen as of right this minute. 
Let's go to Jason in Columbia. Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm pretty depressed. I gotta be I honest. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Story. Man, no. Hey, you know, and then John hit me right in the fields, and he's talking about his barracks being uh, taken down. You know, I, I lived in Johnstone at Clemson, and the tin can. So I mean, I, they're gone. So every time I go back to campus, uh, I, I know that feeling well. But um, no, it's just uh, I, you know, I'm already a huge NFL and NBA guy. I've got my teams that I follow weekly and daily basis there. Uh, but it's just. Like the texture was saying, just the, the feel of, of college athletics. And, you know, w- when I think about, like, Clemson football, I don't just think about the team on the field. I think about my granddad, take, who was a Clemson alum, my granddad taking me to games, you know, from, from the time I was born and uh, watching games with my parents and my grandparents. And it's just such a yeah. – uh, and, and everybody's proud of their alma mater. But, you know, I think at Clemson there is a definite kind of family feel uh, with that campus. Um, it, it's always been just such a special kind. I know they say that, you know, there's something in those hills, and, and I think I'm biased, but I, I believe that to be true. So a, a, sort, a certain part of me will never let that go. And I feel like, guys, right now what we're feeling is natural because we're just in the middle of probably, and maybe it'll get worse like within the next year, but I feel like we're almost in the, uh, I don't know if eye of the hurricane analogy works, like we're in the middle of the most possible chaos that we could have right now because everything's just changed all of a sudden. If things can kind of stabilize and, and we get some kind of regulation. And I know what you're saying, Brad, it's hard to see how that can even come together now. Uh, but, you know, Nick Saban, Davos Sweeney, these guys are saying it can't, it can't go on like this, like it right. is now, or right. else we will lose it. So assuming we can pull together some stability, I think in time, even though we may feel like a golden age has passed, we will kind of recalibrate. And, 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 and as an example, guys, I'm not a big baseball fan. I mean, I played it growing up, but just as I got older, I fell out of, like, I don't follow Major League Baseball, but I watch almost every single Clemson baseball game because it just it gives me that feeling of being close to the campus and I just the uniforms and the announcers. I mean, Quark and hearing Don Munson, it makes me feel close to Clemson. And so I, I think that part of it eventually – no matter what they do, unless they just really just go out of their way to kill it, will will ultimately bring us back in some fashion. I think you bring some really good points up. Thank you, Jason, for the call. Uh, really appreciate you getting in today. That's that sense, that feel. We all want it. You know, I don't think anybody's trying to get away from that. That that's the thing. That's what that's what sucks the most is the chasing the dollar takes that away from us. It takes the the nostalgic feel, the the badge of honor feel. I set through that two win season, you know, like that. You lose so much of that as the powers that be just simply don't care about it. It's so corporate. I mean, we've all been impacted by corporate in our lives, right? In some way, you and I are lucky enough at a place we work here right now today. We don't deal with corporate stuff. We don't deal with it. We have a great owner who allows us an enormous amount of freedoms. But you've worked in a corporate world, yeah. You've worked with that you you didn't have very many options with how you did your job. And so that's that's why we you know we hate the man, you know, with the machine. We always push sure, back. Yeah. We've got to rage against the machine. And so I think that 
that's now hitting college athletics for really, for a lot of us, I think we're waking up to that idea of it being, we're fighting the man here. You know, they're trying to take away what college sports has represented in my life and trying to make it something that I don't know and recognize. And we're all trying to come to grips with it. And that's kind of what you and I are doing. We're trying to help people understand it. While coming to grips with it ourselves. Unfortunately, we are. Does it help that we get a football game to play this summer on the uh, <laughs> the video game? Talk doesn't, it nostalgia. doesn't hurt my feelings. And one thing that doesn't upset me after this whole topic is that we get a video game this summer. Silver linings. Final segment after this. Your home is your most valuable asset. When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. Rely on EnviroMulch for all of your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and more. EnviroMulch will make your yard look amazing during the months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Here with Morgan Coleman, real estate professional extraordinaire in the upstate. Morgan, perhaps the most important question you can answer for a client, how will you best represent your clients as a real estate professional? Being a former Clemson athlete has given me the tools that I have easily transferred into my professional career. I have a team first mentality and create a team with my clients along with the other individuals involved with the transaction, such as the lender or any other vendors. Not to mention, I'm able to tap into my competitive side. Yes, I am your real estate professional giving you guidance throughout the buying and selling process, but I always want my clients to feel welcome to voice their questions, thoughts, and opinions. My job is not done once we get under contract. There are many other steps necessary to successfully reach the closing table on time. I'll be your best advocate and would love the opportunity to assist you with your buying or selling needs. Thanks, Morgan. If you want to team up with Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates Sotheby's International Realty, give her a call at 864-313-7639. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B. B-E-L.com. Clemson's new music venue, The Basement, 
presents Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis live on Friday, March 8th. Doors open at 7 p.m. and show starts at 9. Don't miss Trey Lewis at the basement. 21 and over, located behind It's Your Wiener Restaurant and Bar. Get your tickets now at thebasementclemson.com. Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis at The Basement in Clemson, Friday, March 8th. Don't miss it. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Man, you won't believe the phone call I just got. This guy told me that The Roar is the best sports talk station in the upstate. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. It is the final segment here on a Thursday coming up tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do some football. Football Friday for you. Get you ready for the weekend that is in the biggest rivalry. I think I, I still think it's the best rivalry in college baseball myself. And and I know maybe I'm being a little bit biased because I've been born and raised here in the state of South Carolina and watched these two teams play forever. But uh there's just a when you're in the ballpark, there's just a different sense when you're watching it, you're watching the passion of the players. It means a lot when South Carolina and Clemson meet on the baseball field. So I'm looking forward to that. Just to clarify, we have no updates on on anything weather-wise or any potential changes to the schedule. As of right this moment, everything uh, is still on schedule. That's about all update I can give you there. I'm not going to prognosticate John and be a weatherman either uh, in terms of what decisions might get made. We are headed for a wet weekend. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. We're going to bounce around some other things. I mean, uh, that was enough gloom and doom for one day. I'm sorry that we, we did gloom and doom on your birthday, John. I will I will take the brunt of responsibility for that. It, it's fine. It only happens once every four years, so no big deal. <laughs> not not our gloom and doom shows. Those happen <laughs> once every... Once a week. <laughs> once every four shows. Yeah. You, you get a birthday once every four years. We do that once every four shows. Isn't that fun? <sighs> no, not really. We'll we'll come back to it at some point uh, in the near future. Um, some other things to get to here. Did you watch the college basketball last night? I guess not. John's on the phone. Uh, <laughs> the boy, couple key games from last night. One, South Carolina went on the road and got a really really good win over Texas A and M uh, when it looked like the Gamecocks were were they had a great lead and they they gave it away. And then on, it looked like all of a sudden they were going to lose the game and they get a uh, late last second, not last last second, but close to last second bucket, bucket I think about three seconds left. Um, I, think it was, I think it was Wright who had the, the game-winning go-ahead score. And then A&M threw the ball in and made a mess of it. Guy tried to go. He's, he's going full speed down the court. He's got three seconds to get a shot up, John. He crosses half court and tries to go around his back dribbling. And, of course, the ball gets flung and kicked and nothing ever even happened so South Carolina 
uh, holds on for a uh, good good road win for the Gamecocks, who aren't out of the you know they're not out of of at least continue, at least getting a a big seed in the SEC tournament. Uh, so that I think that was a really quality, solid win for Lamont Paris. He'll he'll take it, and get out of there. A uh, and M, meanwhile, it's kind of their last grasp. Are, are, are we done saying they're a tournament team? Oh yeah, they're they're out right now. I, I mean, in, you know, my numbers say my bracketology. I don't know about your bracketology, but seventy to sixty eight was the final last night. Uh, I think I think they're out of it. Boy, Michi Johnson was really good, really good. That guy's tough as nails. He's South Carolina has a chance, I think, in in, in the tournament to be kind of a darling type team because of a guy like Michi Johnson. Those are the kind of guys that um, sort of make a name for themselves in in the NCAA. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see if he ends up doing that. But he's got that that tough guard mentality. Late game seems to make the right decisions. He had a great dump off pass on that on that last bucket that won the game for him. Uh, and he had a couple huge shots, too, down the stretch. So um, South Carolina's going to be a fun NCAA tournament team to follow. I say that, and they'll get bounced now in the first round. Uh, <laughs> kiss of death. Speaking of kiss of deaths, the Tennessee Volunteers wrapped up the month of February. My final opportunity to be on the bandwagon. I think I'm contractually obligated now to jump off. But what a win it was over my War Eagle Auburn squad. <laughs> John's over there losing it uh, as Auburn blew it nicely. I mean, Auburn should have probably won the game. They certainly should not have gotten covered on, which they did. I think it was a seven and a half point spread. They lost by eight. They should not have, probably should not even lost the game at all. But what a horrible, horrible ending. Uh, not a lot of defense being played there. But it's hard when Dalton Connect is on the other team. You agree with that? Yeah. Uh, no, he he's he's outstanding. Brad, I, I got to bring up also last night in the hardwood. Hold on, r- real quick on connect. Okay. Thir- 39 points. He outscored Auburn 25-21 in the final tw- 12 minutes of the game. All right, go ahead. Um, I think we can lock up the award for comeback player of the year. Kyle Filipowski last night in 29 minutes on the court. After that injury on Saturday, he's able to lock 29 minutes on the court. Talk about perseverance, buddy. That is not the award I thought you were going to give him. I thought there was an Academy Award coming his way. Oh, no, that goes to Jay Billis and Jay Williams and Seth Davis and all the other Dukies who have access to a microphone who've been telling us and berating us for the last four days about you're not anywhere near loud near a basketball court. <laughs> Goodness gracious, what the biggest to do about nothing? Well, I, from, from the standpoint you're saying, uh, did, did Duke milk this a little bit? A little bit? A lot of bit. This is the definition of milking this. Absolutely. Yeah, probably so. But I saw Jay Billis on more outlets that he's not connected to in the last four days than I've seen in the last four years. <laughs> they're, they're still probably going to do something about court storming, but Duke turned this into a four-day story instead of a one-day story. The idea that Phil Pauski could sit out. He could miss the and game you know what could have helped your narrative? Because you're 20-plus points better than Louisville? Is not making him play 29 minutes last night. They didn't have to. They won 84 to 59. That's what I mean. Beat down the worst team in the conference. It's not even close. Comeback player of the year. To overcome that, I just. Yeah, there's even some Academy Awards for some of the people in the stances that they took. 
surrounding the incidents that occurred. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us uh, real quick. Uh, Marquette had a, had a nice win. They beat up Providence last night, 91-69. Uh, Virginia stayed alive. Virginia's season might have ended last night had things gone a tad differently on the road at Boston College. I don't know if you saw any of this game, but Virginia, oh, they're so hard to watch, John. I, I watched some of the second half or a good bit of the second half. Uh, they they should have they probably should have lost too. Um, Boston College came back, took the lead late, and then Virginia found a way just to get just enough buckets. But this was a high scoring affair, seventy two to sixty eight. Tony Bennett blew a lead. Tony Bennett blew a lead. Oh. I know they were up by eight in the second half, and usually that's death to the other team. Like you're done. Interesting. Coaches blowing leads, huh? <laughs> I'm not even gonna find comment. it interesting. I'm not going to comment on that. But you were right, a high-scoring affair for the Cavaliers it to really score. Was. I mean, 45 and a half. It's a shootout last night. Their defense was blech. Now, it was good the final, like, three minutes. They just locked BC down when they absolutely had to. But it was blech for a lot of this second half. And was um, they're just so hard to watch. They're so offensively challenged. Please, please, please don't, don't pick Virginia to do anything in your brackets this year. In fact, I, I was talking to my son this morning about it. How many teams do you think can legitimately win the ACC tournament in two weeks? Legitimately That's a really good question. I think it's four. North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, Wake? Yep. I, I do not think Virginia can win if, if they get a bye. That remains to be seen right now. If they get a bye, I don't think Virginia can win three games in three days. Probably not. They cannot score. And they're the third seed right now, and I'm saying that. Their season was on the line last night. They lost that game at BC. They're probably on the outside of the bubble in a lot of people's fields. Let's go to Chuck and Taylor's. He's up next. Hey, Chuck, how are you? Hey, guys. I'll make it quick. I know you guys are getting close to the end of your show. Um, two questions. Uh, uh, South Carolina, I know nothing about their team. Uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think the strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, the on basketball or, or baseball? Like, no, they're the baseball team. Okay. And then my other question is, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little, I know it's early. I asked Walt this yesterday about the pitching, Clemson pitching. Uh, do you think he ought to start uh, Darden? And that's my two questions, and I'll take it out there, and I really enjoy you guys' show. Thank, Thank you, you, Chuck. I, I appreciate you getting in. I think Ethan Darden will be in the weekend rotation at some point this season. I think it's inevitable. Injuries, performance, whatever it may be, it's a long season, it's hard. He started 12 games last year. He's been the most efficient pitcher Clemson's had. I think he will be a starter at some point. I don't think it's this weekend. I I just don't get a gut feel that Backage now is going to do too much here with this. Kadarn, is he going to play an important role in the series? The thing is, he may be more valuable this weekend as a reliever than he is a starter, John. Can you make that case? Because you can get multiple outings out of him as opposed to him starting... Friday's game, or if you move Tristan Smith up to Friday and start him Saturday or something like that. Right. Because Darden did throw a good many, I think he went through two innings the other night uh, in the uh, midweek win over USC Upstate. So, you, you know, you, you had to be concerned about that if you're, if you're talking about starting him. So I, I don't think he starts this weekend, but I do think he starts in the upcoming weeks. In fact, you know, if, if you're saying, okay, of the three, not, let me rephrase that. If you're saying that one of the three guys in the weekend rotation now, is not the starter by the end of March, you know, a month from now, 
uh, who would be the the top replacement, he's number one on the list. I think Darden's ahead of everybody in terms of of that. Even Gordon, to be honest with you, because I still think there's still we don't know when Gordon's pitch count gets raised up enough, and then you've get and then you're gonna have to move him off of weekday action into a weekend role. So how how do you do that? Right, you can't do that while he's on a pitch count. I think it's easier to move to move Darden. Uh, as of right this minute, I just don't think they're going to do that this weekend. Do you? No, I don't. I, I think it. I think the same rotation is what will walk into this weekend. Yeah, for the Tigers. All right, we will. We will certainly see that. Um, again, I'll, I'll say it one more time. We have no idea if there's any changes coming to the baseball schedule. We're getting a, we're getting flooded with with questions about that. John, I make zero decisions on that. It's not even worth me. Like, because if if I say yeah, I think they're gonna play a double header, and then they don't, somebody gets mad at me. So like, I I have no idea what the plan is. We we don't talk about the weather on the broadcast. We're gonna <laughs> we're implement that here. Uh, this South Carolina baseball team. Do you know who their leading hitter is, John? No, I do not. He's hitting five nineteen on the season. Has ten RBIs, tied for a team high. A triple, a double, fourteen hits, and ten runs scored. That's a good season. Dylan Brewer. I good for him. I good genuinely him. caught you off guard with that. Didn't yes, I? you did. I, I thought he was uh, out of eligibility. I didn't think he was still playing. Started all nine games. He's been their best player. He's been all around their best player. Good for him through nine games this season. Uh, obviously, Ethan Petrie can mash the ball. He's got three home runs. Leads the team in total bases. Um, ten, ten hits. Eleven runs scored. Five RBIs. I mean, he's he's just a really, really solid player. Uh, they're, they're, their lineup's tough, especially there near the top. By the way, uh, Dylan Brewer, former Clemson Tiger. Uh, for those of you who don't didn't get the reference there. Uh, LaCroix, Bakes, uh, th- these guys, you know, Bakes comes off the kind of comes off the bench, but they, these guys can hit. Uh, there's as a team, they're hitting two eighty five. They've hit uh, eleven home runs in nine games. They can hit the long ball. And you know they're tough as nails at home. Sure, absolutely. I expect nothing different. I think the starting rotation's been really good for now. Okay, competition's competition, right? You have you're playing Belmont. Um, who was the team they played in the opener? I can't even remember off the top of my head. Opening weekend, so I, I get it. Neither team has played elite competition or anything close to it yet. Right. This will be the toughest test for both teams. But their their starting pitch has been solid. Uh, Jones, Copper, Eskew. Um, Becker's made a start, a couple starts from from Kimball. None of these guys have an ERA that's even remotely high, like one one zero zero three point six. Like they're they're just not high ERA guys. So they're not giving up a ton of runs at all as a as a pitcher. But again, it's it's opponent driven to a certain degree. It'll be a huge step up in in competition for both teams. But I, I'd say right now. The, the the pitching's very new. It's not what it was. It's a completely different staff, really, than it was last year. A lot of di- different roles. So they're still trying to figure, I think, some of that out uh, with their pitching staff. But I, w- I would say their pitching staff's got off to a better start than they maybe were thought to be. I understand the competition level, but I, their pitching surprised me a little bit over the, the start of the season. They got a no-hitter, you know, a week or so ago. So I, th- I think they're they're going be, to be a really, really good test for the Clemson Tigers. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. At least that's what it's scheduled currently at this time. To the best of our knowledge, on Thursday morning, right before noon. 
I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Hope you have a wonderful, happy, and safe Thursday. Make sure you're joining us right here again on Friday. Take care. Have a good one, everyone. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560.